You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 55. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany, and I am your host. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, 35th, or 55th time listening, welcome back. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. And the show is available just about wherever you listen to podcasts. It's on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Acast, Stitcher, Google Play Music. You can listen directly on the website. So in case you want to tell a friend, then you can point them directly to the website or to whatever their favorite podcast player is. If you want to connect with me on social media, I am at Tiff South, and I do it on the same platforms. Snapchat, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. You can also fo- follow the show's account at How Does underscore She Do It on the same platforms. And you can also follow me on Facebook as well, at Tiff South, or LinkedIn. Actually, you know what? Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to see what some of you guys are up to on LinkedIn, and I'm starting to use LinkedIn in a different way than I have been in the past. So actually, you might want to you might want to join me on LinkedIn because I'm going to be putting up some some good uh, career related information on there. And I also want to just say thank you for your ratings and reviews. We are up to 115 ratings and reviews in the Apple Podcast app, and that is a amazing, amazing. Like feet, we have over 100,000 downloads in over 100 countries, and that is only because of you, that is because of your sharing, that is because of your listening, and I appreciate you so much. And if you want to listen and tweet while you listen to this episode, if you want to mention while you're listening, put it in your IG story, I want you guys to use a new hashtag with me. It's how does she pod. How does she pod? How does she do it? Has a whole bunch of other stuff in it that I've realized over the last couple of weeks. So let's start something new. How does she pod? Hashtag when you're listening to the show. Mention me on your Instagram story when you're listening. Take a screenshot and let me know what you think from the episode. And if you still want to connect with me via email, send an email to Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com and I look forward to connecting with you there. And with that, let's get on to Just My Thoughts. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share just my thoughts on something that I'm listening to, something that I'm reading, something that I'm watching, or a resource that I've come across that I think you should either grab or something that you should stay away from. So today I want to talk about One United Bank. So for the last like couple weeks, I have been getting very frustrated with the big bank that I currently bank with. And it's mostly because, and this is going to sound very millennial of me and very first world of me, but I have been using mint.com and I've been trying to get more active with using mint.com. And so, you know, with mint and and services like it, you link your bank accounts, you link your, you know, the people you have loan with loans with your credit card, all that kind of stuff. 
you put that information into your mint.com account and what does mint do it communicates with your bank communicate with your with your loan provider and all that kind of stuff so that you can get relatively real time information in one place about your bills your budget your spending and everything for the last several months i have had to constantly re-enter my information for my bank in my mint.com account, my digit account, like all these different things. And it has been driving me crazy. And I finally got fed up with it earlier this week. And so what did I do? I got on the phone with the bank and I said, hey, bank, um, why can't I stay connected to mint.com? The bank is like, oh, well, mint is not doing something properly. They're asking for too much information or they're not answering our questions, our security questions. I talked to Mint via chat, and they're like, oh, well, this is, I don't see an issue here. Your account is fine. And I'm like, yeah, it looks fine now until it disconnects in 48 hours. So the moral of the story, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this big bank because it's the only one that's giving me issues, and I'm sick of it. So I had been wanting to bank with a black owned bank. And I've been thinking about this for over a year, but out of sheer laziness, and again, a millennial first world type problem, I didn't feel like I have a lot of accounts that automatically debit out of my my uh, big bank account. And so and I when I say big bank account, it's not that my bank account is big yet. <laughs> it's the big bank that I use. So anyway, um, so I was just like, you know what, this is the perfect time to let's sever ties and let's just move our separate ways. And so I heard about One United Bank a while ago. I've been on their email list and I was like, you know what, it's time to switch. And ironically, I actually submitted my application on the at the beginning of Black History Month, which was like you know, kind of apropos, if you will. I don't even know if that's the right way to use that phrase. But um, their big thing is about recognizing the amount of buying power that black people have in this country, which in case you didn't know, is over $1 trillion, like $1 trillion. And I actually listened to an episode of uh, my friend Stephen Hart's podcast, trailblazers.fm, when he had a conversation with Dr. Pamela Jolly about the fact that while we have the buying power of one trillion dollar of over one trillion dollars, black people earn less than nine hundred, like earn less than less than a trillion dollars. So basically, there's this gap between how much we spend and how much we're earning, which means somewhere in the middle, we're in debt, we're you know spending money on credit, which is not like unlike other black Americans or other Americans generally, but. When you talk about spending power of over a trillion dollars, there's a lot of power behind that. And so I think it's really it's really powerful. It's really amazing to be able to have a bank that is online that I don't need to be in a certain state in order to access their services. They have an app. They have other mint-like services and connections. So I'm really looking forward to, to working with this bank. And they are, they have these really fly, like artistic debit cards that I cannot wait to pull out when I go somewhere. So if you are interested in supporting a black owned business, black owned and operated, consider One United Bank this is not a sponsored advertisement for One United Bank. And again, I am just beginning this journey myself, but I actually know people who use their banking services and who have had very great experiences so far. So if you want to join me in this journey, I'll put a link in the show notes to One United Bank 
and let me know if you decide to switch. My goal this year is to be a patron of more, way more black and minority owned businesses than I have been in the past. Um, I have started to buy like a lot of my casual clothes from a lot of black owned businesses. I actually bought this satin lined like knit cap that I have been eyeing and like favoriting online for like a year. So I finally ordered it. I'm really excited about it. It came last week and I can't wait to wear it this weekend. So it's Black History Month and the idea behind Black History Month, obviously, is to honor the legacy of, you know, from whence we have come, that many black Americans in the way that they have contributed to the society, both in ways known and unknown, uh, commonly by the public. But black history is also about taking steps today to set up a legacy. So support black businesses, support small businesses, support minority owned businesses. And let's let's show ourselves and let's keep our money within our community and build up. And this is not about being divisive or anything like that, but there is real power in numbers and we have that power in numbers and we are marginalized in so many different ways in the society. But if we can begin to recognize the value that we hold for ourselves, then we will be able to begin to eliminate, reduce some of the the many disparities that have been negatively impacting us for decades and centuries. So buy black, support minority-owned businesses, and consider the way that you spend your money and where you spend your money. I'm not telling you you should not support any business that's owned by a major company or major corporation or white people or anything like that. But be conscious of where your money is going and think about the types of organizations that we support and we patronize. And at the very least, you'll be aware of the way that you're spending your money and of the kind of organizations that you are spending your money with. And that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. I want to talk about direction. And I want to talk about where... I have been where I'm going and kind of how my direction has evolved in the last several years, both related to this podcast and outside of this podcast. And it starts, I want to start kind of with the, where I started this podcast in 2015. And I started it in September, 2015. It was an idea that I had that I had been sitting on for over a year. I had a microphone, it was sitting in my closet, and I was so afraid to actually walk into the thing that I said I wanted to do. I wanted to express myself in a different way, but I was scared because I was like, who's going to listen to me? No one's going to want to hear what I have to say, so why should I bother? And at the encouragement and prompting of a very good friend of mine, Rich Jones, who is the co-host of the Paychecks and Balances podcast, he was like, yo, you have a great voice, you have a great reason why you want to start this podcast, just start it. So within like this, around the end of July of 2015, I kind of went like head first into thinking about a name, getting someone to do the, sh- the podcast artwork and getting my first set of episodes recorded. And I went through all this up and down with GarageBand and I was on YouTube and I was getting frustrated and I was like, I'm never going to be able to learn how to edit anything. And 
eventually, obviously, <laughs> I learned how to do those things. But since I started the podcast journey in 2015, so much has changed in my personal life, in my professional life, in my faith walk in my business life. And at the same time, so much has remained constant. So like I said, I want to talk about direction and I want to kind of give you some insight into where I am now and where I'm going. And as many of you know, I am a lawyer by training. And maybe if this is your first time listening, you would that's the first time you've ever heard that. I went to law school. I was licensed to practice law in two states. I quote unquote, retired from the bar of one state because their continuing legal education requirements were frustrating me and I wasn't actively practicing. So I decided it wasn't worth the effort and time. And I always say whenever I write a bio or I put something together, I say I'm a lawyer by training, but I'm a change agent at heart. And I didn't really know what the term change agent meant until I went to grad school. And I studied social work when I was in grad school. And one of the things that we learned so much in, in, in our graduate program was the responsibility of people, but the responsibility of social workers in particular, to be change agents in society and to help people bring about individual change in their lives, systematic change within organizations, and eventually policy and things like that. And that was, it resonated so deeply with me because I realized that at my core, and this has become more clear in recent years, but I am about the business of helping people move from where they are to where they want to be, period. And in the process, I want to help people identify their strengths as those strengths are informed by their life circumstances. And that is born, like I mentioned, out of my kind of my human development background and studying in undergrad. So, you know, I kind of learned about how people move, they grow, how they develop, how they don't develop, how they thrive, how they fail. And it's always been really interesting to me. But I also know that that desire to understand people's journeys and the strength that they gain from their journeys and the way that they have to work through the challenges of their journeys is a result of my own story and all the moving pieces that come from being a child of true two drug addicted parents being raised in a in a in a uh, single mother home in a single you know parent home with my grandmother and then eventually with my mom learning that the person who I thought was my father for much of my life wasn't my biological father, being a survivor of, of sexual abuse and growing up in a neighborhood where, you know, society had kind of deemed this entire town and a lot of the people as, as not, not having potential for success and always saying something negative about the place where I came from in spite of the strength and resilience that, you know, my community of Hempstead, Long Island demonstrate and continues to demonstrate. And what I went into, I kind of went into law school with this foundation of this human development background, the the counseling background that I gained when I was in graduate school, I was studying to be a clinical social worker, so I was learning to be a therapist, essentially. And, and in that mindset of, in that time and in that frame of learning to be a therapist, we operated from this, what they call the strength-based perspective. And it was always about seeing people's circumstances and seeing the possibility within those circumstances and then making sure that we were able to to learn and to see and to think through various aspects of the problem that someone was presenting. 
And when that was kind of the foundation of my learning, that eventually became the way that I looked at life. So just let me give you just a, like a, an example. When I was in my graduate program, I worked with students who were identified as having some sort of risk and being in some sort of kind of trouble with the school. And some of my students were constantly showing up late to school. And I was trained to not just think about the fact that they are coming late to school, so maybe they have transportation issues, but to also say, well, what is contributing to said transportation issue? Is there a lack of supervision in the home? Is there a lack of financial resources to actually get this kid to and from school? Is there a reason this kid doesn't want to be in the building in the first place? Is there something about their coursework or a teacher that they have or a student, like anything? And not to say that every answer to some of those questions or every answer to a problem presented is super complicated and super deep. But I had been trained to think on multiple levels at the same time. And then I went to law school, right? <laughs> so you add that type of analytical thinking on top of what they call thinking like a lawyer to a person who at the time was going through significant emotional changes within my own mind, within my own life, within my own heart and spirit. I started to see my the fruit of the pain of my past, so to speak, come to fruition in a lot of the relationships that I was having. And I found myself in this really pained and hurt place, but not with a way to really talk through it. Meanwhile, I had learned to help other people talk through it themselves, right? So the, the irony was that I eventually started to turn some of that analysis on myself. And eventually I realized that I was showing up in the world in a way that wasn't authentic to who I actually was. I started to show, I was showing up in the world in a way that was rooted in external validation as opposed to intrinsic motivation and intrinsic desire and intrinsic source of goals and aspirations. And even so, as I was thinking, as I was going through all that, I was still kind of charging forward with the direction that I had set myself in, right, which was working at a law firm and working on complex civil litigation issues for major corporations in this company and or in this country, rather. And I was so grateful to get here. I was so grateful to kind of push through to get to the end of law school, to get through to passing two bar exams to get through and get employment in a in a market that was really hard for a lot of graduates who were coming out of law school at that time and I found myself coming to work every day and leaving so unhappy getting up unhappy and coming back to the firm unhappy. And it wasn't about the firm itself. It wasn't about the nature of the work itself. I, it was about the source, the, the way that I was driving the ship, so to speak. I had put myself on this like straight and narrow course to this direction that I wasn't really informed by a real connection to the work that I wanted to do. And saying that to some people sounds like a bit of a luxury, right? That you you get to have a job that you 
actually like and that you actually enjoy and do work that you actually want to do. A lot of people in this country go to jobs every single day that they hate and they don't believe that there are other options. So I'm working in this law firm. I'm also going to therapy. I'm like tap dancing on and off in my relationship with God. And I recognized that I was much more interested in the way people had gotten to working in the firm and the way the organization worked and the way the decisions that the organization made had an impact on the people in different practice groups and in different parts of the organization than I had in the actual legal work that I was doing. Now, don't get me wrong. The legal work was really interesting. It was complicated. It required a lot of kind of intelligence and brain power to do it. But my interest lied in the organization and people piece of the work that I was doing. And eventually, as I was you know, like I mentioned at this time, I was also going to therapy and I started to ask myself, why was I here? I started to ask myself and not like, why was I here? And like the existential, like why I'm on earth kind of thing. But like, if I am in a situation that I am unhappy with, why am I staying? And eventually I made a decision to leave, which was like the biggest thing, the, one of the biggest decisions that I had ever made because I recognized that I could make a decision for myself that I didn't want to stay somewhere and I didn't have to stay there if I didn't want to be there. And the lesson in that is that you don't have to do what you've always done. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to change your direction and you're allowed to choose a different path than the one that always seemed right to you. And you don't have to justify it. Like you don't have to explain or say, give an explanation as to why you don't want to do that thing anymore. You do have to deal with the consequences of the choice that you make if you decide to shift direction. But explain it? No, you don't have to explain it. And I learned after I eventually made the decision to walk away from practice, there are some things that I would have I would have done differently. There are some conversations I would have had differently. But I can't say that if I had to do it all over again that I probably wouldn't have made the same choice. I chose to, I decided that I didn't have to stay unhappy if I didn't want to be, which for someone who was a people pleaser, for someone who was always after the external validation and the external approval, that was a huge, huge mind shift for me, more than it was about my career. But that opening up of my personal development, that shift in my personal frame of mind and my personal mindset opened up the doors for professional growth that have given me a freedom and a flexibility and an excitement that I might not have gotten had I stayed in the direction that I was going in before. So I ended up walking away from practice. I made my way into admissions in a law school. And that was where I finally started to find my voice as a woman. And by the grace of God, who had never left me, he always, and it's really only in hindsight, And even at the moment, I recognized it, but I didn't have as much of an understanding about it as I do now. But he always ordered, he always made sure there were ways made 
when I didn't even recognize that that what was happening. And by the grace of God, by the, the wisdom and help of my therapist, I started to see both myself differently as a woman and I started to see my vision for my career differently. I started to get clarity around my gifts. I started to pay attention to what people came to me for, to what people complimented me on, how they asked me to contribute at work, my public speaking, my ability to look beyond the immediate problem that came across our desk, my passion that I had for certain types of issues and certain Certain populations, my care for other people, uh, the way that I was able to encourage people, my honesty, my professionalism, and then a little bit of that edge, right? That that realness that you can't really teach people, but that comes from, you know, when you're a girl from Hempstead, you kind of have a little bit of that, right? And the lesson there is that you have to get curious about yourself. You have to ask questions and observe the things that people say about you. You have to pay attention and examine your own life. Pay attention to your experiences. Don't just go through them or let them happen to you, but take note of the way people ask you to show up, the way people respond when you do show up, the things that people contribute or ask you to contribute to. That is where you get insight into some of your into some of your strength, into some of your magic, into some of the ways that make you special because people are going to come to you about one thing and go to somebody else. There's a reason why they're coming to you. There's a reason why they might be running from you, right? That is also important information for you to have as well. But in, the only way that you get the value from that information is if you pay attention, if, you're get, if you get curious about yourself, if you get interested in the way that you are showing up and the way that you interact with other people. So while I was working in admissions, I also completed a coach training program and I launched my business Four Corners Coaching. So this was while I was still working a full-time job. This was while I was, you know, traveling the country to interact with students at different uh, law school fairs and things like that. But in the, the kind of counseling background that I had, the curiosity that I had about people, the care I had for people in their individual journeys, it had, it gave, it sparked in me this desire to coach women through their own career and life journeys as I was going through and evolving in mine. And in the background, I was still learning to adult, still breaking up with people, starting new relationships, trying to figure out if I cared about my fitness, trying to reconnect with God, but not really being too serious about it because I didn't really understand and have an investment in that relationship. And along the way, I started to get a more clear vision about the next leg of my career journey, the next direction and the next shift. And I recognized that I wanted to get back into the private sector. I wanted to get, I wanted to help people and get an understanding of their entry into the legal profession, as well as how they developed in their legal career. And more than just thinking about the way people get themselves to their career, I am concerned with the person who's showing up to work wherever they're showing up at work. I'm not just concerned about the employee or the professional, but I'm concerned about the man or the woman who is coming to that building every single day, coming to that organization every day to contribute in some way, shape, or form. And what I've learned in my own journey and what I've seen in other people and seen in the clients that I work with is that if you are miserable outside of work, you're probably going to be miserable at work in some way, shape, or form. Maybe work will provide somewhat of a respite to you for the rest of your life, but 
if you are, if your person is built on a shaky foundation, then the level, the height at which you can grow, the height at which that you can advance and develop is going to be limited because the foundation is going to be rocky. And the same is true that if you have this great career, but you have this really, really shady and, and I won't say raggedy, but, <laughs> but raggedy personal life, then your, your success is going to be capped. And if you have this, um, you know, amazing personal life, but you go to work and you're miserable every day and you go to work and you're beat down and you're not in, and you're not fed and you're not developed and you're not, you know, kind of groomed to be and to be your best self and to use your best skill set, then eventually that's going to leak into your personal life and your personal happiness as well. And so what I realized is that there is a need and an importance to recognizing the whole person who shows up at work. So the lesson there is that you can't have a amazing career that is built on a shaky and unstable personal foundation because you will have heard these stories time and time again of all of these people who are quote unquote successful, who seem like they have it all, so to speak, and yet they are miserable. They are unhealthy, they are unhappy, they have mental health issues, they have high divorce rates, all of these different things, but they have this you know, external success, but then they have internal failures. And my work with women and some men over the years has been exactly about those things. And a few truths have become clear in the work that I've done with some of my clients. And it's that everyone has a story. We've all been through something. It may not be, you know, significant life altering trauma, but we have journeys because we've lived life, right? Period. The second truth is that Many people, and I would venture to say most people, want to be grounded in something greater than themselves. I believe that that is because we are all created by God and therefore have this innate kind of desire and need to be connected back to him. Some of us don't know that that's what we're looking for, but, you know, and we can debate about that if you will, but there's a reason why there are so many different people who talk about the connection to the universe and the spirits and all that kind of stuff. That's because there's, that's something in us. That is a human thing because that we were created by God who gave us that desire for that connection. And the third thing that I think is true is that everyone wants to be successful in a way that is not forced upon them, but that allows them to be their best self and put their skills and their desires and their dreams to their highest and best use. Yet, we find ourselves boxed in and in this restricted, you know, kind of society that tells us we have to show up at a certain time and leave at a certain time and we can do this and we can't do that and we can't take these vacation days and you can only do this kind of thing in your role and you can't do that. And we find ourselves boxed in. We have these restrictions that are that are placed on us by unclear goals. We have these identities that are rooted in external foundations and external measures, measures and benchmarks. And we have a lack of understanding of how we are uniquely positioned to show up in this world. And that is the, the thing that I believe I am purposed to help people with the most is recognizing what their goals are, recognizing what their 
their foundation and their their source of strength and faith and confidence is? And then how then do they put that out into the world in a way that makes them feel fulfilled and that allows them to contribute in meaningful and valuable ways? So when I think about where I am right now in my life, in my own journey, I'm 32 years old. I'm approaching my Jesus year. I'll be 33 this year. I am committed to growing closer to Christ every day. The walk that I've been on in the last year to two years has just been amazing and getting to know him better and learning about myself different, more and differently as a reflection and as a result of what I'm learning about him and his journey on this earth and what the desire that God has to be in relationship with us and not to like rule over us in this kind of legalistic way that many of us have been taught by a lot of the religions that we've believed in. Um, I'm still learning to adult just like you. I'm still learning to figure out how to keep my, my refrigerator filled with healthy groceries, get my laundry done, keep my budget in order, eat less snacks after 7.30, keep my hair done, go to the gym all, and I'm often feeling like I'm failing and struggling. I'm winning in some areas, not winning in others, but that that's life, right? I work in an organization in recruiting. I do diversity and inclusion work. I have much of a less of a tolerance for half-stepping and less, less of a tolerance for my time being wasted. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in the business of helping women see their stories grow, their confidence that's rooted in faith and get strategic about their career success. That is what I as I that is what I do. And as I build on my vision, as I learn to push myself further in this in this year, I decided to launch a course called How She Elevates. And I decided to launch this course because I have, over the years of having this podcast, and in recent months especially, I have been able to talk to many of you about where you are in your career, where you are in your journey as women, where you are in your journey as believers. And I have heard so many amazing stories, so many amazing testimonies. And I've also heard a desire for a certain level of connection and accountability and community. And in the work that I have done with my one-on-one clients, I've been able to do some of that with them. But I wanted to, to really connect to people in a different way and to bring women together in a supportive way that allows us to drive each other, that allows us to grow together, and that allows us to achieve tangible results based on the goals that we have set, based on the our confidence that is rooting, rooted in our faith, and based on an ownership of the strengths that we have gained from our stories and from our journeys and from our experiences. I have seen so much over the course of my time on this earth, and I have been so immensely blessed to be able to show up in this way and to show up in a way that I believe I have been purposed to, not just because I want to, but because my steps have been ordered in such a way that help me see people's journeys in a way that most other people do not. 
I am committed to encouragement and empowerment, not just motivation and making people feel good, but helping people identify the ways that they are uniquely, fearfully and wonderfully made to show up at work, to show up in their communities, to show up in their families, to show up in their lives, to show up in their relationship with God. Like it is so much deeper than just the titles that we have at work. It is so much deeper than the salaries that we have or the companies that we work for. Because if you can't be whole, if you can't be fulfilled, if you can't recognize whose you are and the power that lies within you, then the career you have, the dollars in your bank account, all of that is for naught. And if you spend all of your time trying to live for the external validation of other people at the cost of serving the Lord and, and fulfilling his purpose for you on this earth in a way that honors who you are and it honors your identity in him, then what are we here for, right? None of the things that we do, none of the achievements matter if we do not walk in our gifts, work to bring glory to God above all, and live to serve and service other people through the expression of our gifts, the expression of the love that he intends for us to show to other people. And that is what, that's what How She Elevates is about. That is what I want to be able to do with the first cohort of women who are in this group. And I am so excited about it. My entire life's journey has kind of resulted in this approach that I have to achieving strategic career success, getting clear about your identity in Christ and thus informing the confidence that you should have as you show up in this world and that is rooted in a faith in him that is not just about feeling good, but that is also connected to obedience and our role in in serving others. And then from there, you get a clarity about the strengths that you have, the gift that you, the gifts that you have and the way that you can show up more whole at work. Cause when you get to show up more whole at work, you're less concerned. And I'm telling you this from experience, you're less concerned about what people think about you. You're more concerned about the way that you can get your job done in a way that is authentic to who you are. Being able to show up at work and not be afraid to be that full black woman that you are. And maybe you're not, you're not going to be the way that you are with your friends, but you're going to be a lot more comfortable in your own skin. And when you're more comfortable in your own skin, you get to produce more, you get to do more and people reflect and people see that they're drawn to it. And then you just continue to blossom and develop. And so this is a, is a career program that is not about just your career and thinking about resumes and LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff. It is about who you are as a woman at your core. And I'm so excited about it. I am so excited about the the women who are in this group who are ready to elevate their faith, elevate their careers. This is what I'm calling cohort one. And if you are interested, I would love to hear from you. I want you to visit the show notes for this page, or you can go to fourcornerscoach.com slash the course. That's F-O-U-R. There's going to be a link in the show notes to this episode join me, join the group of women who are already committed to growing in their faith, elevating their careers and getting clear about the strength of their stories. And if you're a guy listening to the show, tell a friend, recommend it to your sister, to your cousin, to your auntie. Um, and 
just just let's let's just move. Let's elevate. The, I mentioned in my last episode in the last episode that my word of the year is faith, and this is a part of me walking in faith. This is a part of me putting this out here and showing up in a way that I believe is honoring the the purpose that God has placed on my life, and in a way that is really going to impact the lives of other people. So thank you again for joining me for this week's episode of How Does She Do It? If you have not done so already, please feel free to visit the Apple Podcast app or the store and leave a five-star rating and review. If you have comments, questions, please email Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. And if you want to join the first cohort of women in How She Elevates, please feel free to visit HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com in the show notes, the link to fourcornerscoach.com slash the course is in the show notes or you can just go to four corners coach that's f-o-u-r cornerscoach.com slash the course and i look forward to you joining the community of women who are committed to seeing their story seeing their faith and seeing their careers elevate to the next level until next time be blessed and be a blessing peace